Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. Today's show is a bonus episode. I actually did not have this one planned in the season one lineup, but a colleague of mine recently made a post about the Ramadan celebration that takes place in the Muslim faith in in his home country in Bangladesh. And it got me thinking how little most of us probably know about this celebration that a huge percentage of the world celebrates. And so I wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more about the faith, about the traditions and what brings people together around Ramadan and what exactly it means to somebody that is celebrating this, looking forward to this all year, every year. And it was great. I learned a lot. I talked with my coworker Modasser about this. He shares what it means for his family and his community. He takes us inside what it seems like a great time in Bangladesh during this month and some of the intricacies of the of the faith and of the celebration itself. So it was a lot of fun and a great chance for me to get to know Modasser better and learn more about this uh, this part of the world and this uh, amazing celebration. So please help me in welcoming Modasser to About Abroad. Modasser, it is so nice to feet, to finally meet one of my fellow uh, duisters that uh, I have not yet had a chance to put a face with the name. So thank you so much for for joining me today, and uh, I'm super excited to to learn a little bit more about Ramadan from you and and uh, and just get a chance to know you better. This is this is really great. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure to be uh, in this podcast with you. Looking forward to meeting you. So finally, it happened. <laughs> It's kind of funny that we can be on the same, like, I think for a lot of people that are listening that work in a more traditional office or something, like, they're like, how could you not know each other? Like, it's not like our team's that big. We're only 100 people, but this is the nature of remote work sometimes. And uh, and you haven't yeah. been with us that, when, when did you start at Duist du- exactly? So I joined in September. Okay. Last year. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's, it is kind of crazy. It's taken this long and without having much in the way of, uh, you know, we don't have any offline events, any opportunities to get together in real life right now it's the unfortunate reality but nonetheless we're we're here today and i'm really excited about the the topic that we're going to discuss a little background for the audience so the the way this conversation came about is modessa is really great at sharing insights from his perspective in our communication tool twist with the team and he recently at the beginning of ramadan shared uh just wanted to say hey here's a little bit about ramadan for those of you that don't know being the like it crossed my interest and i and i learned a lot just in this short post and so when i reached out to modasa and said hey would you be interested in sharing this with the about abroad audience he uh he was all over it so i i really appreciated that you know looking forward to picking your brain we're going to go a little deeper on your post here so let's let's just start really broad let's tell the audience a little bit about where you're located 
and you know what what's well let's let's start there where you're located and the kind of stage that ramadan is in in your local community right now right so uh, i'm in bangladesh uh, in a suburb called kumilla and we are a muslim majority country so ramadan is a big deal here so even uh, schedules like office hours change due to ramadan and so uh, it's kind of weird for me because i'm working in a place right now that it's not really a muslim majority place so in general it's like you know everyone is uh, observing ramadan here but uh, in duist it's kind of like you know it's only me or only a few people so uh, that's quite a change so i thought yeah so th- this is something new for me as well so i should share with others <laughs> it's quite yeah awesome. I'm so I'm so glad you did. Ha, so have you in previous stops at other companies or or any other previous experiences was is this the first time working for a company that you know where where the majority aren't representing or uh, celebrating Ramadan? It's the second one I'd say. So I was at Brightcore before. It's a US shop. And but uh, they had a lot of uh, uh, remote workers from different parts of the world like Jordan and Nigeria. So we had a lot of Muslims there as well. Not the majority, but quite a few. So it was a bit different, but uh, you know, we had a discussion there as well last year. Ah, interesting. Okay, great. So for the for the person who you know, like like many of us, you know, you grow up, you know, you know what Ramadan is, or maybe you know what you know a little bit about uh, other religious celebrations, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. You know, you you're like, I'm aware of. That this takes place around this time, and maybe there's some fasting involved, or but you don't really know the core of the story behind Ramadan. Could you give us a quick overview of like you know here here's generally speaking here's what Ramadan is, and here's why we why we celebrate it, and and sort of the the main the timeline, the focal point of it, and everything. Just just to give some people some context that may have no clue what we're even talking about. <laughs> Yeah, right. Ramadan is a uh, uh, fasting is one of the five pillars in Islam, so it's quite a big deal. And so there is a, a completely separate Islamic calendar that uh, the Islamic world follows. And uh, Ramadan is one of the months in that calendar. So we all also have twelve months here, and it's a lunar calendar. And so in Ramadan we fast for a whole month. So from Ramadan one to Ramadan thirty, we fast from sunrise to, to sunset. Uh, so there's no uh, eating or drinking involved in during that time. So that's the crux of it. So that uh, you kind of fast for a whole month for the uh, for during the day, day daylight, and at the end of the month uh, there's a festival called Eid when we stop fasting, and we have two Eids. Uh, Muslims generally have uh, two main celebrations. Uh, this one is called Eid al-Fitr, the one that's called the Eid of Breaking the Fast. So we have it at the end of the month. And Ramadan started in uh, Bangladesh uh, yesterday. So it's, it's the second day of fasting for me here today. And one other funny thing is it's a lunar calendar. So the start and the end of the month depends on the sighting of the moon. So you have to see the moon and then you start counting the month. That's why it differs across the world. So some places uh, start a day before and some places start a day after. And other thing about the lunar calendar is uh, it's uh, shorter than uh, the calendar we follow. So Ramadan starts 11 days earlier every year. So it's kind <laughs> of slowly moves across the calendar for us. So 
for example, it started in April 14 this year. It would start around four, April 4 or 5 next year. So we're slowly moving, for our case, we're slowly moving from summer to winter. So it's kind of easier in winter because the days are short and summer is pretty hot down here. So it's kind <laughs> of <laughs> long days and, you know, very uh, dry stuff. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So every every year it moves it moves uh, back eleven days, and so right. and so <laughs> so you might go for several years in a row with Ramadan being during summer. In that case, yeah, yeah, we have wow. been having it in summer for a few years now. <laughs> Looking forward to the next decade. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and and so and. By fasting, no food, no water from sunrise to sunset. So, before right. do you, is it true you wake up early to have a little something to eat and, and then you have something after sunset? Right. So, uh, there's uh, two rituals related to fasting. One is that we wake up early in the morning, it's like before sunrise, even, and we have a meal. It's called suhoor. And so it's kind of the ritual that you wake up and have something before you start fasting. And then at sunset, we have iftar. So that's when we break the fast. And in between, we don't, uh, we're not allowed to eat or drink anything. Gotcha. Okay. What's the reason behind the fast? Like what, what does it signify or symbolize for, for you? For me, I think uh, it's uh, both uh, religious and cultural as well. So it's kind of, in terms of uh, uh, religious practices, it's one of the five pillars of Islam. So it's something you must do as a Muslim. And it's, you know, we grew up watching people around us doing this every, every year. So we kind of take it as you know, something we do, just something as we do. But as we grow up, you know, we, uh, we kind of add the spiritual aspect of it as well. So, you know, fasting is really something, you know, it's a different perspective to life. So yeah. kind of know how it feels to go without food for such a long time. So it's also, you know, interesting to see that, okay, so we can, you know, live a perfectly good life without, you know, food and water for a significant amount of time. And uh, culturally, you know, it's something like uh, you have a lot of memories growing up with Ramadan. So, you know, Suhoor, uh, kids are generally really excited about uh, Ramadan. So they don't really know what Suhoor is. So it's like they really want to get up, but most don't get to wake up in that time. But it's something they're very excited about. Same for Iftar. So they'd be making, going around the tables uh, and seeing what's being made and have some of it. And also having the whole family together in times of Iftar and having the Iftar together. And also as the Eid is at the end of the month, uh, it's kind of the main festival for Muslims. So we have a lot of shopping around this time. So it's really exciting for kids. So we grew up with a lot of fun memories of this month. It kind of, uh, you know, grows into you and then you start doing it with your kids. So. Yeah. Is is Eid like that? I'm trying to imagine this festival at the end. Is it sort of a celebration of the the end of Ramadan? Like I'm envision, my mind immediately goes to like it's a celebration of like okay, this this has been kind of a tough month, and that is over now, and now we're going to celebrate. Or is it is it not really connected to the to the end? Yeah, I don't know if the question makes sense. Right. It is okay. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's so when the when the moon for the next month is sighted at the end of this month. Uh, 
so at the first day of the next month, we celebrate Eid, that uh, fasting has now ended. And this is kind of a celebration for us. So uh, it's kind of like, you know, Christmas uh, in our New Year's Eve, like uh, in Western places. Okay. So I'm, I, now I'm trying to envision what, what that festival looks like. Like what in your, in your town, in Bangladesh, like what does Bangladesh, tur- if, if you ask me, what does New York look like on, on uh, New Year's Eve? I can describe the scene for you. Can you do the same for Bangladesh at, on Eid? Yeah, sure. So uh, the main, uh, main part of the Eid is we have a special prayer uh, on the morning of the Eid. So, and it's generally arranged in the in an open place. So in a big, huge field, you'd say. So people from the city gather in a place and there's a prayer. And after that, you know, it's more like, a, you know, community event. So people visit their relatives and go out with friends, things like that. Really nice. Is there an element to the, the fasting and some of the other traditions. I, w- I want to ask actually more about some of the other traditions because I know there's some others mixed in during the month. But is there an element to it? Like in some religions, there's sort of a, a, a need to suffer a little bit to be reminded of like what a previous, you know, prophet or like somebody, somebody else has sacrificed something. So it's time for us to sacrifice something. Is that, is that built into the nature of the fast and, and some of the other elements and traditions of Ramadan? Right, yeah. So uh, fasting is something, uh, you know, uh, found in more or less all the Abrahamic religions, like in, in Christianity and Judaism as well. Yep. So it, uh, when it started, it was uh, more like uh, what the Jews did. Uh, and then it was uh, changed a bit and moved to the month of Ramadan. So Ramadan is so the holy book in Islam is called the Quran. And it said that uh, the Quran was uh, the revelation of the Quran started in the month of Ramadan. So it kind of signifies this month and emphasizes us to, you know, get back to the book, read it. So it's also part of Ramadan that we go back to reciting the book a lot in this month. And in terms of suffering, it's also, you know, most uh, practices in Islam are like something you do collectively. And so this is also something to remind you that, you know, hunger is a real challenge for the world. And we should feel how, uh, you know, how it feels to go without food. So now we're, tra- we're doing it uh, at our will. We have food around us, but we're not taking it. But there are people who can't afford, you know, square meals every day. Yeah. So it also teaches us to, you know, share what we have. And it's also, you know, a big thing in Ramadan that we share iftar with uh, people around us. We invite friends and families and also share with, uh, you know, less fortunate people around us in places. So if you uh, Google iftar and then you'd see a lot of pictures, you know, in a lot of, so we have mosques, you'd see in mosques, there's big gatherings and a lot of people eating together, uh, having their iftar together. So that's also, uh, you know, another aspect of Ramadan that uh, in most places you would have, so we're not having this uh, because of the pandemic right now, but in general, you would see huge gatherings, you know, people lining up in streets and having uh, dishes set out for them and everyone eating together. It's oh, really a wonderful thing. A lot of, a lot of sharing going on. Like a, it's, there's a, there's a philanthropic side to it. It sounds right. like where, the, where you're really trying to embrace the community and, and share and be reminded of like, we're all one connected, this sort of yeah. thing. It's, 
Really nice. Are there are there any other uh, kind of core pillar traditions that that take place? I mean, I'm, I know there's there's plenty, but are there any other ones that are especially important for you and your your family or your community? You mean in Ramadan? Yeah, during Ramadan. Right. So uh, there's another one. Uh, it's called the, uh, the night prayer. So exclusively in Ramadan, we have a set of prayers after iftar that. Uh, takes place in masjids and also people pray in homes as well so it's a kind of special prayer that you do only in ramadan so at nights you spend some time praying and you know it's really nice it's also kind of a different taste to ramadan so generally it's hard so it's very long in in, mos- in mosques it's around you know uh, in some places one even two hours long so after fasting the whole day and then also at night, you know, standing for two hours, that's really difficult. But you'd be amazed to see that how many people uh, go to mosques uh, in Ramadan for those prayers. Yeah. What, uh, so, you know, in general, you'd see that. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I was saying that uh, in general, you know, people are not that religious or uh, are not that uh, into those practices. But every time when the Ramadan comes, you know, uh, everyone just, you know, gets excited and starts going there. It's like something that you, you know, get really excited about when Ramadan comes. It's really nice to see. Yeah, I'm I'm super this is something that's like really fascinating because you've mentioned this a couple times, like the excitement and the enthusiasm and like the little kids get excited. And if I describe to some if I just if I look back at myself as a ten year old kid and you say, All right, little Chase, like this month, uh, you're not going to eat or drink all day. You're going to wake up early and go to bed later. And we're going to go to uh, church and and pray for stand and pray for a couple hours. Like I don't think I would have been like ex- I don't think excited is the word <laughs> that I would have used. But right. it sounds but it sounds like that is so not the case in uh, in the Ramadan uh, month. And right. and I'm I'm very intrigued by this. Like. What is it about the tradition that gets everybody so excited? Because because there is, as you mentioned, like there is some some suffering involved. There is some it's it's like a challenge, but at the same time, super rewarding. And I and I get the community and every. I mean, I I can totally understand how the the excitement comes to be. But I could also see someone who says like, "Wow, that sounds really challenging." I'm surprised, for instance, that kids yeah. get really excited about this. So I, I find that super interesting. Yeah, me too. So uh, I've tried to think about it, you know, as you said, that when you see it from an outsider's perspective, it's kind of hard to think that it's anything but exciting. So why? So as I said, it's more like I think it's in the childhood that you grew a fond memory of it because, you know, practices change, people change and, you know, parents really, I think kids like new things. Yeah. So when they say some new practices and new dishes for iftar, and you know they just attach a fond memory to it. So it's not like we have uh, all the meals together every day, but you know during iftar uh, the whole family comes together. Even extended families sometimes come together. And there are TV shows sometimes uh, special for Ramadan. So a lot of things I think puts together the memory as a really fond thing. That's something we do as a family, and that's that's what you when you grow up you retain that memory the most. So you try to relive it every time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally get that, and especially in these times, I'm not sure exactly what the situation is in in Bangladesh, but like the last year and a half, we've been so isolated from 
family and friends and and restricted in a lot of ways anyway that um the prospect of getting together with your closest loved ones and experiencing this like this festival that brings us all together around a religion that we all feel very strongly about like it's it's got to be very uplifting yeah absolutely yeah it's been tough we're also in lockdown here in bangladesh right now but you know even then uh when people are uh, in the house even with his family it's you know something that just makes you feel better that at least we're together yeah and the other thing about the community is, uh, as I was saying, that you know we have large gatherings of uh, iftar meals in different places during Ramadan. So uh, I think this is something uh, we tend to miss out when, you know, in terms of modernity. So we don't live in tribes anymore. So as I think uh, your podcast is about about abroad, so yeah. we get into new communities. So. I think you'd know that it's hard to, you know, feel you belong in the community when you go to a new place. But uh, it's yeah. yeah. So it's something that you can go into any mosque you know, wherever you are and sit down for iftar, and no one would say, "Okay, no one you will ask you about anything." They'll just welcome you. You can have, you can sit with them, have the iftar, and leave. Right. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about religion that and and very I mean you mentioned the word tribe and I love this I love this uh this word because like we we all do crave a tribe we tra- we crave community and right. um there's like you know that goes back to like our our roots as as humanity but to, so so we centralize around these different things that bring us together and when it's especially done in a in a peaceful beautiful way that brings us together in a in a like in this case you're coming together to celebrate your religion and you're also giving back to the community and being reminded of some of the struggles of humanity like this is a an amazing way to to find your tribe really interesting to to try to put myself in uh, like I'm trying to mentally put myself in Ramadan in in Bangladesh and envision this like like when you say so you mentioned the word festival earlier what is the what does that day look like uh, is it Eid am I pronouncing it correct the last day yeah, yeah. Right. what does that day look like in terms of like 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 everybody you you mentioned a lot of people and and we're we're talking about non COVID times that I'm sure there's it's different yeah. right now but what does that day look like in terms of like the the festival itself like is it a is it sort of a party or is it is it more of like intimate family get together or what is it what is that like uh, I think it's a mix of both so generally as I said we have a, a huge gathering or a prayer in the morning so people would especially kids would wear new dresses. So one thing about Eid is generally people like to wear new clothes or special clothes. So kids are generally excited about their new shoppings and showing it to their friends. And then uh, it's some intimate uh, family time in the mornings. And then maybe uh, in the afternoons, there are parties with friends. So, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Is there gift giving it's also involved? a national holiday. Yeah. It- it- yeah, so it generally the gift giving is generally before Eid. So all throughout Ramadan, we kind of exchange gifts for Eid, and then you know at Eid uh, we meet each other and you know spend some time together, reach out to friends and families abroad or who are not with us, mm. just get in touch. So and it's a national holiday as well. So you know offices are closed, businesses are closed, so people are kind of relaxing, enjoying shows. 
How about during the month of Ramadan? Or uh, does business go as usual? Typically, like I mean, are like nobody's eating, so I'm picturing like restaurants aren't open during the day. I would suppose, or or what is that like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, during Ramadan, the office hours are generally shortened. So so we have iftar at sunset. So the idea is to let everyone uh, be at home before sunset. So generally, the office hours are reduced to around three p.m., something like nine to three or nine to two. Mm-hmm in some places and that's for offices yeah restaurants are generally closed in the during the day but they open up for iftars so you know people can have iftar at restaurants there are different packages and offers during ramadan as well so that's also so iftar parties are also a thing so people really enjoy in different groups so you know you haven't talked to some people in a while or some community in a while so there are like a lot of community iftars so Maybe there would be a Duist iftar. There would be an Async community iftar. Things ah, like that. I see. Or a Python community iftar. These are also very common. I can I can envision that those are like after you haven't eaten all day and had any, or even had anything to drink. You don't even drink water. Is that correct? No. No. Okay. Yeah. So no food so, or drink throughout the whole day, and then you get to sunset, and that has to be a a nice little celebration that you look forward to each day. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you have these different pockets of communities, like you might go meet up with a group of friends or a, or a, one side of the family or your coworkers and, and have your iftar at sunset uh, throughout the month. Yeah, that's generally uh, uh, the things we look forward to. For example, so we have one every year uh, with our school friends. So uh, the people that we went to school together. So it's like a really nice thing because, you know, uh, people scattered in different places due to work, business. So life happened. But uh, generally people uh, come back to the place before Eid. So uh, at the end of the month, near the end of the month, we have an iftar party with school friends. And that's really nice to catch up with. All friends we haven't seen for a long time. Ah, so nice. It's something we really look forward to. Yeah, I'm I'm really like already reading a little bit about Ramadan, like knowing a bit about Ramadan before our discussion. Like I already had a vision for what it was like but I, I missed some of this context, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. Like I, did, I had no idea about, about this aspect of it and I can totally envision being in your footsteps and like walking up to see friends that you haven't seen in a year and like having this, this month where this happens continuously has to be, has to be really rewarding. You, yeah, you mentioned something earlier that I, wa- I definitely wanted to ask about that like this happens in in all cultures and and religions where you have people who are you know culturally one way but perhaps not like super religious like maybe they they don't practice throughout the year on a regular basis but w- but when they're they're you know in in the west often saying christianity like you don't go to church all year but then on christmas eve you go to church and you do all the rituals or maybe you know you something like this but you still call yourself a christian you say what you know whatever so yeah. is is that do, do, is there a percentage of the population that falls into that category where like it's really just about ramadan when ramadan comes around and then the rest of the year it's like it it's there but it's not really like a core part of my day to day yeah absolutely this you know this is something you know uh, you you even find a lot of uh, memes and trolls regarding this so uh, you know just before Ramadan, someone is like this, and at Ramadan one, someone is, you know, like all religious, <laughs> you know, like an angel. <laughs> so yeah, it's something you know. A lot of people, you know, get into uh, 
starting to practice some stuff and whatever you know whatever they can afford or they feel like uh, even even uh, even when some people don't fast they generally you know enjoy the festivities around it so they would attend iftar or even hold iftars even if they're not fasting so you know i see there's a whole cultural aspect to it that even people that don't really practice that seriously you know yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, you you expect that like obviously not 100% of the population is going to going to follow along, but it it sounds like the majority of the Muslim population there will celebrate Ramadan in in some way yeah. or another. It's it's very very much so a part of the day-to-day life during this this one month period. Right, yeah. And also it's uh, really fascinating to see other cultures as well. I know thanks to internet like you know, Muslims have a lot of cultures actually across the world. Yeah. So it's really different in maybe in Turkey or maybe in Morocco than what it is in Bangladesh or in the Indian subcontinent. I, w- so I was going to ask you this. Yeah, world. I find that super interesting. So yeah, what's the what like like what is a a core difference that you might see between what the the way it's celebrated in Bangladesh and and any other place that comes to mind? Yeah, so I think uh, the core, uh, you know, the core rituals are the same, but you know, in terms of uh, cuisines or food, or there are uh, in some places there are some different practices, and you know how things are done. Uh, there are a lot of differences, you know. So, uh, for example, in in the Western setups, like you know, in countries like U.S. and Canada, so there are uh, small pockets of Muslims. So they generally what they do is the whole community has iftar together at the mosque, at the community mosque. So my brother is in Canada mm-hmm. uh, with his family. He tells us that they generally go to the mosque and have iftar with the family and all the community there because it's a small community. So it's not like they're having iftar uh, in their home like we do. Mm. It's more like you know everyone gathers together and then uh, has iftar there. So that's uh, something different. I think in Turkey, it's also a bit different uh, in terms of, so they have huge gatherings in all the mosques and in front of the mosques, I guess. That's something that in our parts, we organize ourselves in the communities, but I think it's uh, done you know, everywhere in some places. Ah, I see. Uh, so there are subtle differences like that. And also the food, uh, the, I think the uh, one of the good things is the food, that it's, you know, the food for Ramadan is, very different in different parts of the world, in the Muslim world. Yeah, so. yeah. I would love to dive into the food more. I'm kind of like a, I, I, a true foodie would probably laugh at me by calling myself by calling myself a foodie. But I, I do really enjoy exploring cultures and new countries through like the food and drink and just like learning learning more about the food because so much is centered around food. Like like so much of of this core tradition in your culture is tied to food and this is like a red thread that ties to multiple cultures and countries around the world so i find it really interesting and and i just like to eat what's the best dish for you is is it special food during iftar and during ramadan or is it like like uh for us at uh, for instance thanksgiving like you're gonna have a turkey uh at thanksgiving and christmas is like a chicken normally is there are there foods that are typically tied to iftar and and ramadan yeah, so I think uh, the one food that's typically tied to Ramadan or iftar is dates. Mm. So everyone has uh, has dates to uh, you know break the fast and then goes on to other meals. So date is kind of you know uh, the common thing across cultures in the Islamic world. So everyone has dates at iftar, and then it's kind of you know depending on cultures and 
it's kind of uh, i was thinking about this that this question had come up but because we don't have you know good names in english for most of the items we have <laughs> so it's really difficult to <laughs> tell you that uh, i have i have a task set up for me to you know take some photos and share in that thread ah so please do yeah i i would love to see that that's great yeah i i uh i became a vegetarian a few years ago and uh so some of my traditions my US western traditions have been messed up because of this because so much of it revolves around meat the turkey at thanksgiving is the is the main one that was a real shocker for my family when we uh we tried to do that the first year but anyway um it can, can be limiting yeah this is uh this has been really really helpful and really interesting for me modessa like thank you so much for for sharing more about the culture and and i don't know if there's there's anything else that you uh i have i have one one more question i want to ask you before we go but um do you have anything else before i get to that what you want to share about you know in li- life in indonesia and bangladesh and in the in during ramadan about the muslim culture faith culture every anything else that you want to tack on that we haven't covered yet i think uh, we covered uh most things so i think the spiritual aspect is another thing that you know uh, kind of gets left out in the discussions so i think it's kind of a really good spiritual boost to us uh, practicing or uh, observing these uh, rituals so it's not like you know uh, something you do uh, like mechanically mm-hmm. so it's something you do with you know uh, very mindfully and when you're not uh, you know eating the whole day you know it's kind of when you are you know have an empty stomach it's kind of like really makes you think clearly and it's i think uh, the spiritual boost that we get from ramadan is something i look forward to it's something i have come to appreciate you know as i've grown as a person myself so i think that's one aspect is hard to you know describe but yeah uh, something you feel Yeah, I can I can imagine that like when you're young you're probably not thinking about that, you know, when when I was a little kid celebrating Christmas there was the spiritual aspect is is not really what's on your mind you're right. thinking about the the presents and Santa Claus and the and the hanging out with your family and having fun and as you mature and grow up and you start to appreciate some of the non-tangible aspects I think it gets even that much more powerful for you I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh that's a great great way to uh to to start to wrap this up. Thank you again. I I wanted to ask the la- the last question if you can leave us with a few of the common pleasantries phrases that are used during Ramadan. So for us it would be like Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, you know, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> How I, and I I've I know a couple of these but I would what are what are some common phrases that are used during Ramadan? So uh at the start of the Ramadan we kind of say Ramadan Karim as I posted uh, in our thread and then also Ramadan Mubarak. Mubarak is a word that you know kind of like the merry word, merry christmas okay. as you said. So for Eid we also use Eid Mubarak. Ah okay. So, so like uh, merry merry Eid that. sort of and merry Ramadan. And what is uh yeah. Ramadan Karim mean? It's like, you know, uh, it's not like that it's uh, uh you know has a specific meaning. It's like, you know, Ramadan is upon us and it's a generous month of generosity. So ah. we're welcoming it. We're welcoming it. In. And there's also like yeah, it's called Ahlan wa Sahlan. Ooh, what's that? We say 
So it's like, you know, uh, when somebody comes to your house, you say Ahlan wa Sahlan. So, you know, it's like a greeting, you welcome and feel, uh, you know, feel yourself at a home. Ah, okay. I love it. Can you say it again for me? Yeah, it's Ahlan wa Sahlan. Okay, I won't try and I don't want to butcher it on this. <laughs> on, uh, we're recording. Uh, once, we, once I hit stop on this, I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should try. You know, it should be a good. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it again. Let me hear it. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. I'm gonna try. It's uh it's Ahlan wa Sahlan. Ahlan wa Hasalan. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh again, thank you so much. Uh we did this on short notice. You were kind enough to agree, and I love that you're sharing more about your culture and the religion and educating those of us that are over in the shadows and and haven't taken the time to fully understand the details of of what goes on in all corners of the world and that's part of what we want to explore on this show so it's really fun for me and uh, again appreciate it very much yeah absolutely my pleasure you know thanks for having me and you know it's been really a, a new experience for me as well so you know it's down here it's like you know what's there to talk about we all know that stuff but <laughs> it's like you know it's new experience for me as well yeah yeah well well thank you i will be sure to brush up on my on on these phrases and next year when uh ramadan rolls around 11 days earlier i'll be i'll be ready to welcome you into ramadan with uh ramadan kareem yeah cool <laughs> looking forward to it thank you modasa yeah thanks jess Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. You can visit aboutabroad.com to get our latest updates and listen to past episodes, or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. On that note, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe, and if inclined, leave a few stars and a review. It's truly, truly appreciated and will help more wanderers just like you find us. Until the next time, adios from España.